Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash my money health check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. We are at 14-year highs. Mortgage world is sort of recuperating from the mini-budget. There was nothing really very mini about it for the housing market. You can see why people would think, I'll just sit still for a moment and see what happens. It's a slightly changing picture now, though, I would say. This week on the podcast, we're returning to a subject we know you're very interested to hear about. It's always one of our most popular topics on the show, and that's the property market. Now, in recent weeks, there has been no end of property stories in the papers. So today we'll be discussing the latest on house prices, whether now's a good or bad time to buy or sell, and the dreaded question, if the value of your property goes down, what to do if you go into negative equity? And for this mammoth episode, I'm joined by two new voices to the show, which property expert, Joe Wright, and from the National Association of Property Buyers, Jonathan Rowland. Hello, both. Hello. Hello. Well, let's start by talking about house prices first then. And, and, you know, with property, there's always a number of stats we could consider from different banks based on the mortgages they're giving, as well as the the land registry. So, Joe, could you give us a broad overview then of, of where we're at now and what's been happening to prices over the last few months to get us here? Yeah, sure. So the good news for buyers is that house prices um, following years of um, gradual and then rocketing growth, um, they are now beginning to calm. And prices are, as we've seen sort of since October time, they're now beginning to fall. If you have a look at stats from mortgage lenders, so the likes of Nationwide and uh, Halifax, um, they release monthly statistics. And if you look at them, you'll see that in November, for instance, Halifax reported a 2.4% drop um, in November compared to October. So and that was the biggest fall since one of the months in 2008, back in the financial crash. Wow. So yeah, so that's a, it's a big, um, a 2.4% doesn't sound like a great deal. But when you're looking at such high numbers of 300 grand for a property um that sort of fall is is quite drastic if you look at right move for instance they were also reporting um month on month drops recently but then in january just the most recent statistics that have come out they've seen um a gradual increase so you've got varying results coming in but the general consensus is that house prices have reached their peak and they're now at last coming down so that's so it's good news for good news for buyers 
So, uh, of course, the next question then is what can we expect for the rest of the year? Um, just this week, The Telegraph warned about what they called a house price crash. So, so Jonathan, what are the forecasts looking like for 2023? Are experts predicting a big drop across the board? Well, I think that really varies on which expert you listen to. Um, mm-hmm. Like anything, it's a complete uh, unknown. And there are lots and lots of factors, as Joe's explained, uh, as to why we should be seeing and have seen already really massive drops in the housing market. You know, the cost of living crisis, fuel, uh, not least the um, botched budget back in, that's not easy to say, but the botched <laughs> budget back in September, um, uh, the Quartang and Trust uh, budget, which was still very fresh in people's minds when those latest stats came in. And of course, we saw interest rates and particularly long-term borrowing rates absolutely rocket, really more or less double almost overnight. And a thousand plus mortgage products were uh, withdrawn from the market altogether. So the market got an enormous seismic sort of shock at that point. Everyone reacted accordingly. Sellers who had to sell uh, had to start reducing prices in order to uh, tempt uh, purchasers. And, you know, obviously some purchasers took advantage of the situation, rightly or wrongly, and thought, oh, this is my time. I'll renegotiate the price. There's some problems with the property that have been found. Instead of just putting up with them as they would in a good market, mm. they reduce uh, the price. So we did see prices tumble. Um, and uh, as Joe rightly said, you know, a couple of percent here and there is huge when you're talking about, you know, that's potentially £4,000 plus four, £5,000 plus a month uh, off a property. That That's per month. So you can see why people would think I'll just sit still for a moment and see what happens. Um, it's a slightly changing picture now, though, I would say. We've really seen uh, the long Christmas break. It just sort of coincided where most people seem to get about two weeks off. And we came back to quite a different market, um, much more buoyant than we would have expected. And we are hopeful that things uh, may well start to improve now. And can you talk about whether forecasters are expecting house prices across all areas of the UK to take a hit, including, say, the big cities in the capital or any particular areas expected to be hit the hardest? Yes, I, I'm expecting uh, certain areas, pockets to, to be affected uh, more than others. So, mm. of course, any prediction has to depend upon not much changing, mm. you know, as we saw with um, with the budget I, I've outlined earlier. You know, it takes a little, just a little bit of government intervention, or a lot in that case, perhaps, uh, to really make a big difference. But if things stay as they are, and this year sort of pans out uh, as we would expect it to normally do without uh, too much uh, outside interference, then uh, we will see prices start to uh, level off, and in some cases, um, of course, uh, drop, perhaps even a small drop each month. But this isn't a crash at the moment. This is a slowdown, um, and the areas. Uh, to answer your question, the, the uh, areas that I would expect to see uh, fall are really the kind of race for space areas and the, the holiday home areas. So thinking of uh, the West Country, uh, Wales, uh, which saw uh, a huge increase last year, about 18% on the average property prices. A lot of uh, people from cities and towns nearby and in England looked to get out into the countryside and get good value as it was then mm. in Wales. Uh, so it would expect those to fall a little bit more. But city centres, Manchester, uh, London, Leeds, those sorts of places where people are now returning to work, mm. there is an appetite to buy property again. So I think those areas will be less affected and more uh, rural and holiday home, coast, coastal areas, etc. might be affected that bit more. 
And before we go into how buyers and sellers are reacting to, to house prices, can we touch on those borrowing rates that you mentioned and throw those into the mix too? Because long, long gone are the days where we talk about sub-zero rates on the show. Now, it's more like a sub-5% deal you're after, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, that is the, the sad reality of it. Mm. Just rewind just back to sort of late 2021. And like you say, you've got historic lows of mortgage rates being around sort of a 0.7 mark. Mm. And now fast forward um, just a little over a year and well, you're at plus 5%. Um, we were sort of around 6% mark a couple of months ago. Thankfully, rates have been falling, but obviously not at a quick rate. Um, so they're, they're still high. Looking average, probably the rates are around sort of 5.2%. Um, there are good deals around sub 5% that you can that are there um, and can be taken. And if you look ahead for the rest of 2023, then predictions are that mortgage rates are sort of going to remain at this level, really. No one's too sure whether they can fall back down sort of below 4% because they're all highly dependent on the Bank of England's base rate, um, which at the moment stands at 3.5%. That's expected to creep up again um, in the, at the turn of February. If the base rate steep, keeps going up, then mortgage rates could also go up as well. But lenders may already have taken that into account, so we might not see that much movement there. But the days of going back to 0.7% rates are sadly um, a distant memory for the time being. Mortgage world, uh, it's sort of recuperating from the mini budget. Um, well, there was nothing really very mini about it for the housing market. Um, but yeah, it's set to sort of remain as it is for, for 23, it seems anyway. It is quite a sad story, isn't it? And as you mentioned there, Joe, so the base rate peaked at 3.5% around a month ago, which is where it sits now. But as you say, there have been reports that it could continue to rise further before it falls, which would, of course, be bad news for mortgage holders. So how high could it rise, Jonathan? Well, I think we are going to see more rises this year. There, there has been talk. There is a little bit more optimism. We're seeing it um, mm. with petrol prices, for example, um, that have fallen right back and, and wholesale gas prices. Of course, we're coming out of, eventually out of the cold weather. We'll have all paid our gas and electricity bills and they will slowly become a, a distant memory into the spring. Um, and so we will feel slightly better off as, as we approach spring. And um, would say that the pressure is still there on inflation. We're still looking at over 10% generally. And uh, many things, food, for example, uh, building materials, those sorts of things are, are far higher than 10. So the Bank of England will want to uh, try and get that down to their target as quickly as possible. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a, at least another sort of two quarter percents added um, over the course of this year, mm. possibly, you know, at, le at least one taking place before spring. But to combat that slightly, the long term uh, borrowing rates are falling. The swap rates that um, banks are able to sort of secure money at internationally are, are reducing. So there will be slightly more tempting long-term offers uh, available for fixed-rate mortgages of sort of two to five years. You know, I think yes, as Joe quite rightly said, we've just got to get used to this reality that mortgage rates now are around you know five percent for a long period of time you know in some ways you know we don't want them to go down to the sort of naught point somethings because mm. that generally indicates that 
something terrible has happened, such as a, a 2008 crash or a COVID pandemic. So let's get back to some sort of normality where they, they hover around that sort of 5% mark or thereabouts, hopefully. And we just have to get used to that new reality as as property buyers and sellers, really. Yeah, that does seem like a kind of golden era uh, for mortgage holders uh, that, that we've just passed. Um, it's nothing compared to mm. what, what my mother-in-law describes as, I'm sure she was saying she, that she used to pay, I think, 11% on her mortgage. Uh, so, so yeah, we, we're, we're quite far off that, aren't we? We are. The, 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 the sort of people of, of my sort of age and above tend to... Uh, to sort of say that, so you know, uh, oh, it's all right for you. Yes, I used to pay eleven, <laughs> and even fifteen percent. I remember when I was first working in, wow. in the early nineties. I think interest rates went up under John Major about two or three percent in one day or something. It was just sort of let's just oh let's just close the door and walk out of the office and not come back sort of feeling. Uh, eventually, things did, did recover quite quickly. Um, but I think what's uh, an awful thing for current buyers, particularly first time buyers is the affordability. So yes, interest rates are half mm. or a third of what they were. But back then, you could buy a property with an average wage in London, maybe three or four times uh, salary, something like that. Um, well, now that's sort of 13 or 14 times. So we've seen mm. prices lose all correlation with wages. That's, I think, because wages have failed to keep up with um, sort of inflation and, mm. and our lifestyles in general. And house prices have just shot away as well. So, you know, there is a, a, a big gap between the sort of haves and have nots in terms of property, unfortunately. So with this context painted around affordability, uh, mortgages, house prices, can we hear what's happening on the ground? How are buyers and sellers responding? Uh, and have we seen much change in the pace of the market? Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's sort of now set to be a buyer's market where buyers sort of have the upper hand um, mm. with house purchasing. There's less demand um, for, for housing and as a result of that you've got sellers having to sort of um, settle for prices below the asking price. Um, I think statistics showed in November that 72% of um, agreed transactions were below the asking price so that's quite quite a hefty figure um, so you've you've got buyers really can sort of come into their own and sort of negotiate cheaper prices and as house prices fall you've got sellers obviously going to have to sort of go with the flow and and also um, reduce their asking figures so would you say that for buyers then at the moment there is more room for negotiation Yes, there certainly is. And it's no bad thing, to be honest. I think sellers have had it their own way for years and years and years now, and particularly in, in sort of 21 and post-COVID era. Um, and I, th I think that, you know, buyers were getting quite a rough deal, really, both from uh, the sellers uh, and also from the estate agents who really weren't giving them, you know, a huge amount of time or respect for their purchases and uh, were rushing people around on group viewings and sealed bids and highest offers and we you know almost never see an asking price it's offers in the region of or offers over those sorts of things so it was putting uh, buyers under really undue um, pressure but they were accepting it because they knew if they didn't you know next month it could might be another five thousand or, or whatever so it's become a more balanced market and certainly uh, buyers are able to go around properties that they like and try offers uh, it's up to the owner if they take them or not of course but 
uh, they're willing, they're more than able to try. And also, I think it's important that where they find defects that they weren't aware of, things that weren't obvious. So, for example, the place needs rewiring or dampness or a roof issue, something like that. Then buyers can quite re rightly say to the seller, uh, you know, I need another few thousand off, please. You know, the house you're selling me uh, is, is defective. A bit like, you know, if you sold a car without an MOT, um, you always have to take that bit less for it. And can we look at it from the other side of the coin too then? What advice would you give to any of our listeners looking to sell? Because I think it would be fair to say that they're at a bit of an advantage uh, in the current state of the market, aren't they? The, the uh, owners still have an advantage, that's for sure. Yeah, they own the property and there is a scarcity of available property on the market in almost all areas. But they need to be more savvy than they might have had to be um, a year ago uh, in order to get the best price. So that means really choosing uh, I would say the best estate agent in the area, and to, you, you know, taking that decision very seriously, not not just going to the one that's the cheapest or the nearest or whatever, but the sort of agent who deals in that property mm. in their area. They should visit the agent, or at least you know, have them visit the house, meet them, and make sure that it's somebody that they can get along with and that, that's talking their language. The agent needs to be very big on social media, for example, because a lot of buyers now are being tempted onto property from Facebook and particularly Instagram, uh, you know, you need to just give yourself the edge uh, in order to uh, beat the competition uh, for, for that buyer. You know, the person down the street might also be on the market and there's only one person to, to buy either of those properties and you mm. want it to be yours. Um, presentation of the house is another one. Always get the house looking, you know, clutter-free, the, the old cliche mm. really, but clutter-free. Mow the lawn, you know, the garden's got to look nice. You know, if it's been on the market a while, tell the agent to change the photographs. You know, we don't want a, a Christmas tree in the lounge in January or February or something, you know, or there's snow on the ground when it's June, you know. So <laughs> just things like that. You know, sellers need to relearn the skill of selling that uh, and agents do too, actually, for, you know, actually selling to the strengths of the, the property rather than just sticking it on right move, opening the front door and, and waiting for the bids. That's certainly how it was before. And now, can we spend the final part of the show discussing the prospect of negative equity for mortgage owners? And actually, this is relatively new ground for us on the show. So before we talk about what this would actually mean for you and our advice here, Joe, can you cover off what negative equity actually is? Definitely. So if I start off just by what actually just equity is. So mm -hmm. equity refers to the current value of your property minus the outstanding loan that you have left on your mortgage for instance negative equity would be if you owe your mortgage lender more than what your house is currently worth so it means that what you're paying back is obviously more than the value of your property so say for instance you buy a home say a relatively cheap house buy a house for 180 grand you put down a £20,000 deposit. So that means you're taking out a mortgage for the remaining 160000 So your mortgage is one hundred and sixty grand, And say in the first year, you pay off £5,000 of your mortgage. You'll have one hundred and fifty-five left to pay off in the remaining years. But the big thing is, if the value of your house in that one year dropped say 20% it's quite out there but if that happens then the value of your property would 
go down from 180 grand to 144 grand. If your property is now worth 144, you've still got 155 thousand pounds left on your mortgage you're in negative equity so you'd be in negative equity by eleven thousand so yeah negative equity just means that what you're paying back is more than what your house is worth and as we as you've just alluded to it could be more of an issue this year as house prices start to drop people who have just bought houses can see their value be wiped straight away it could it could drop say 10 percent in the space of five months um that that could happen not saying it will um and and then you could you could potentially be at risk of negative equity it's a position we really wouldn't want to find ourselves in is it um but how likely is it it's a difficult question to answer isn't it but but how likely do you think it is that many people will face negative equity I think at the moment, um, certainly the way things stand and with the slight recovery in the, in the market uh, this January, if that, that continues, um, the number of people will be limited, uh, I'm glad to say, because mm-hmm. uh, you've got to think there has to be quite a, a large drop in uh, prices. So somebody needed to have really bought at the very peak of the market um, and not used very much of their own uh, equity at all. So, you know, or their own capital, in other words, as a deposit. So, you know, that could be somebody paying you know 100% of, of the highest value, uh, say, back in uh, the summer of last year, um, and only uh, putting in 5% of their own money, for example, they could just about be tipped into negative equity fairly soon if we see these, uh, you know, 1% and 2% drops continue throughout the coming months, um, which we, we could well see. Um, but those people are fairly limited, uh, you know, awful as it is for them. Uh, there aren't many people who fall into that category. Um, I'm glad to say that since the sort of 2008 subprime crash, uh, the whole world went into a crash basically caused by irresponsible lending to, to homeowners. Uh, I think sort of governments and banks learned a bit of a, a hard lesson. And almost all mortgages now have been um, given where deposits are far higher uh, than the five percent, you know, most people are putting in sort of ten, fifteens uh, at the very least. So that does give them a good buffer uh, before they go into negative equity. But of course, it's still a horrible feeling to have bought a property at, uh, as Joe says, you know, one hundred eighty thousand that might now only be worth even one hundred seventy nine. You know, it's uh, it's costing you a lot of money each month in interest. You know, the the interest element might be four or five hundred pounds a month now. Um, and, you know, you're still losing money on it month by month. And that, that does affect people's psyche, really. They, they feel much less inclined to uh, enjoy themselves and spend money or do home improvements and these sorts of things. So it feeds into the whole of uh, society, unfortunately, once prices start to tumble. So hopefully you won't find yourself in this position and hopefully we've eased any worries you might have. But if you do find yourself in the situation, what would it actually mean for you? And what would your advice be here? I think it's really important not to panic about it because, mm. of course, you only realise a gain or a loss when you sell the property. So, you know, what is actually mm. worth at any given point is kind of irrelevant. You know, it's your home. Mm. You're living there. Your your mortgage hopefully is is affordable and pay, you're paying it each month. Um, you have to live somewhere, you know. So, yes, the interest element on a £180,000 loan is 500 a month. 
but actually you know that's still a lot less than uh, probably rent would be for the equivalent house so you know you, as i say bear in mind you've got to live somewhere and, and you've got to pay something for it um so it, it really only becomes an issue if you have to sell um and uh, if you don't then i would say you know probably the best advice is to stay put and wait for things to recover um if you must sell then uh, by all means you know speak to your bank uh, try and get the home to be as you know valued as high as possible but be prepared at the end of the day that you know you've taken a little bit of a gamble when you've bought a property that you know no doubt we're hoping it would increase in value it hasn't done that these things are cyclical um you know you've just got to to swallow that loss unfortunately like jonathan says if, if you can it's, it's best to stay put um and and just bide your time, really. But if, if you could, you could potentially, um, if, you, if you really wanted to get out of negative equity, um, you, you could consider making overpayments on your mortgage um, if, if your deal allows it. Um, if, you, if you overpay, then that will reduce your loan more quickly um, and hence that will boost your equity and, and help you climb out of that negative side of things. If, if you are in negative equity or you think you are and and you're thinking of selling then we would just definitely direct you towards contacting your lender if, if you're struggling with any form of repayments anything like that then straight away speak to your lender and and get some solid advice from them and, and get a course of action thought up Thank you so much to Joe and Jonathan for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money Podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by me and Rob Lilly, and edited by Rob with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matthew Jenkins.